It's Jarvis Leatherby here from the heavy metal band Night Demon, and you're watching CMS TV. Yeah. All right, right back here on Chris Aiken Presents. That was Monty Colvin, of course, from the Galactic Cowboys with uh, showing us some of his art, MontyColvinArt.com. Make sure, don't waste a bunch of time, people. If you have a hard rock and heavy metal fan that is um, would appreciate having his art or some of his prints or the magnets or anything else that he showed, if you have, if you have somebody like that in your world, Get them ordered today so that you get them in time for Christmas. It's already the 4th, you know, 21 days, three weeks away from Christmas Day. So um, get your shit ordered, okay? Okay. And now back with us. Right back at Santinas. Yeah. Eric, you're, you're, you're back. And speaking of Christmas time, I've been thinking, and I hate that I don't live out there because I would love to come see this show that you guys are getting ready to do at the Whiskey. And it's not a secret. You've, you've said it on the show. You guys are going to be doing out, out of the cellar in its entirety, correct? Correct, Mundo. I have to ask you, as, as a guy that's been with Steven for ever and a day, how many of these songs have you never played before? Oh, a good amount, man. Um, I'd say half the record we've never really played i mean we we have uh started to we have started to uh do you have the playlist on there i'm pulling it up right now that'll make it easier for me but uh there was there was a final four that we have never played or i've never played that i've had to learn but they're all really cool and i was kind of feeling like damn i really should have learned these years ago (laughs) well dude I'm, i'm gonna tell you what's funny i out of the cellar is probably the one rat record that I do avoid generally. And not yeah. because I don't like it. I, I, I love it. I'm just going to say that straight up. I love it. But I also grew up at that time. And my mm-hmm. God, did I get beaten to death with round and round and um, right. wanted man and lack of communication. I mean, I, I got those songs beaten into my skull from the time I was about 13 years old. That being said, for the first time in a long time, last week after you talked about playing it, you know, playing in its entirety, I played it just sitting around working in its entirety. And I was like, God damn, this is a near perfect album. It is. I, I had forgotten. First of all, I had forgotten some of these tunes completely. And then hearing them, I was like, holy shit, there's some real good stuff that was not the stuff that was the beaten up stuff. Like to me, lack communication is the best song on this record to me. Okay. That being said this last week, my favorite song that I've played like 15 times is scene of the crime, Yeah, which I'm assuming is one that you guys have not played a whole lot live. If at all. Yes. No. And that's the, uh, that's the last one that I was, uh, learning. I was actually spent a good amount of time yesterday, uh, you know, making sure that one's ingrained in me, you know? Right. Uh, but it is a cool track. The guitar are, are very well done on that, um, yeah. on that song. And, and uh, yeah, he had like designated the last, you know, four songs to learn. He gave, 
Johnny two of the leads and me two of the leads. Okay. And so we just kind of split it up and the the other songs. Uh, did you find that? Did you find that? Yeah, I've got the whole list. Uh, oh, let me hear I, it. Let I'm, me hear it. Wanted Man, which I know you play. We've been playing um, that forever. Yeah, you're in trouble. Okay, yeah, we just uh, started playing that live. Our last show, we we played it. The band played it perfectly. Stephen almost played it perfectly. <laughs> he needs a couple. Well, I, I gotta ask. Let's ask. Let me answer the question on that. You're in trouble. Has some really high high parts for Stephen. You know right. that that you're in you're trouble. Yeah, that's no, a like, really I, high note. <laughs> I, I can I can do that well actually. Uh, and also Scott Coogan helps with that too. So there, there is like a, there is gang vocals of that like kind a vocal of harmony thing, right? Almost. Um, but what has to happen is that the front of house guy, because it would be great if we did take one, and I think we should, um, if it's logistically possible. But we need that guy to really understand that we need the background vocals up there. Right. Like I've really tried to hammer it on these guys. Hey, look, we got three backup singers here, and you got to kind of treat it like Motley Crue girls 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 right except we're real people singing it you know and you got to have like be looking for that we sing on every chorus with him keep the keep the three vocals up there to help him out you know because mm-hmm. when they don't it sucks you know it's like we don't have the right sound or the front of the house guy doesn't give a shit and he's just kind of getting a basic thing and walking away from the soundboard it sure it sucks for everybody but you know um yeah that's our fault for not <laughs> not having a permanent guy. Payroll. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what though, dude, even when you do, it seems like it's always a fucking problem anyway, because then they right. walk in and then the, the, you know, the, the opening band doesn't want you fucking with this or the, the club doesn't want you changing that. It, it always seems right. like no. Yeah. And this is not you guys. This is more me hearing docking stories nonstop from Neely when he's out on the road. Yeah. Seems like no matter what they do, whether they have a sound guy or they don't have a sound guy, it seems like there's always a fucking problem with the sound at mm-hmm. the clubs. Why? Why, yeah. why can't the well, club, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, why can't the club, especially if you walk in with a sound guy, just say, okay, our guy, go watch the show. Hang out in case something blows up. But other than that, you're not working. Uh, when you're saying that, you're saying to their house guy that you're yeah. not working? Yeah. yeah. And well, let- the, the bigger problems that I have to, to, to answer you more directly is, the, you know, the, the guy that we bring isn't going to be familiar with their PA setup, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Their mixing board and stuff. Like, he's going to be walking into that and not really knowing where everything is. So that's going to take a minute for him just to acclimate to the board. Usually right. the house guy will probably walk him through where some of this stuff is and so forth. Um, you know, what was the, <laughs> does that answer well, that part? Why, that answers why? that part. Yeah. I, I'm here. Here's another question I have though, that comes out of that. I've seen at various places. Now, some clubs are still old school with an old school board with sliders and faders and all that other shit. Yeah. And then other school, other clubs you walk in and here comes guy with iPad, you know, and he's, yeah. he's doing it all on the iPad. I like those guys. Okay, but are but is that good for you guys as a band to bring your own guy because your own guy may not know the right. digital setting at all. Here's here's the deal. These these places should have kick-ass guys that know what they're doing. And, okay. and we shouldn't have to really bring our own guy. Um 
it's more like I, you know, I want to train Jason Green to kind of use his ears and just walk over there and yell at the guy or something, or not right? Him, but you know, <laughs> go, hey man, you're not bring up, bring this. You, this is not right. You know what I mean? Sure. That would probably be more effective because you know the problem <laughs> is it's just so expensive to take a dude with you. I mean, the plane tickets mm-hmm. are just astronomical right now. You're asking to add just another grand in airfares. Sure. And, uh, Plus paying. food and a hotel and everything else. Yeah, yeah. The hotel room potentially on a, on an off night. Uh, so really they should have their stuff together. And I would say half the time that they do, there's, there's some very like enjoyable shows I have where the, where the local people there just have it together. Uh, you know, unfortunately it seems like the bigger events are the ones where you're going to have a problem. Uh, because those are usually union guys and they're the worst. They're the worst. They do not do anything more than the bare minimal of yeah. no matter what it is. So you can guarantee that if you did not take your own guy to a festival, you're going to sound like shit. Wow. You know, and that just sadly. sucks, dude, because yeah. you would think, correct me if I'm wrong on this for thinking like a business person, but if I'm hired, if I'm hired to go to somebody's company and do some work, for them like computer stuff and this is a totally right. different world but if if a company called me up and said hey we need you to fix our firewall you know and they brought me in they say yeah we're gonna we're gonna have you come in we're gonna have you fix the firewall in our computer setup mm-hmm. i'm expecting that i'm gonna walk in and certain things are gonna be there like a computer for me to work on like access to the firewall like you know core things in a concert setting if i'm coming to your building to play i'm expecting there's going to be a stage there's going to be amplification there's going to be a stage guy that handles all that stuff there's going to be a lighting guy that handles the lighting there you know i'm expecting that anyway where your job you're not being hired to be a tech no, Stephen Piercy Band is right. not being hired to be text. No. You guys are being hired to plug in your shit and rock two, three, five, ten thousand people. As the contract reflects as well. I mean, those things like stagehands and uh, and a runner and 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 all those things are specified in the contract. Right. So, you know, the last festival we played was the Blue Ridge Festival, which was like yeah, that went uh, well. Disaster, <laughs> yeah, because again, they had these. The, there was a problem now. I'm sure there was a problem on both sides. I mean, if you talk to the union guys, I'm sure that they will say something to the effect of not the money wasn't there or something. They were told to stand down or whatever the case uh, may be. Those guys were not putting anything on the stage. And so when we got there to play, there was literally no amps on the stage. And this was chewing up our hour that we had Mm -hmm. to to even play. And it took so long to get everything into place. And then, of course, Everything was wired wrong. Like, I can't tell you, this is a very common problem where we show up at the designated sound check time and literally every cable is plugged into the wrong thing. Oh, every, every cable you can imagine is plugged into the wrong input on their board or whatever. It's just completely ass backwards. And we have to sit there while they figure it out. And it's usually like a, a, an inexperienced monitor person they've stuck there and then the the house guy is really the guy who runs everything and he keeps having to like run from the front of the front of house all the way back to the stage to fix this other guy's you know mess ups and that will literally put hours onto our day we could spend you know two hours we just went through that we played 
our last show we played with quiet riot they were getting bummed out at how long it was taking because they were opening for us and they're waiting for our sound check to be over they later found out what the problem was these guys could not figure out how to wire their shit right and it's maddening man it really just sucks the 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 soul out of you well, you would sure. think those those things should absolutely be on on uh on point but they're just not most of yeah. the time uh, and and a lot of time when that happens it it affects the the band that's opening even more like quiet right in that circumstance they may not have gotten a full sound check because the time was chewed up fucking plugging yeah. the red the red cable into the red hole <laughs> yeah it makes no sense to me why why things are that way uh just tough times i guess and in some demographics they have a harder time with with uh getting a solid person in there for what they're willing to pay maybe i i, I don't know what the what the reason is but it, we do on the on the bright side there are times where we have a great show and they do have everything perfect i just try to communicate the best i can sometimes i feel like when i'm communicating what we need they're kind of like annoyed by it you know what i mean it kind of mm -hmm. do the opposite of what i asked you know well, what i mean hey. this might be a dumb question it probably is but in a in a venue that does concerts all the time a house of blues a um Mm -hmm. I don't know, a casino, you know, whatever. Do they have to unplug all that shit every night? Couldn't they just leave it set up? Because they use their own house amplification most of the time, right? Uh, that's a great question. I, I believe they they tend to uh, put that stuff away for the most part and lock it up. But why? Well, it, it, because they probably don't do shows for part of the week. And there are places that probably do leave a good amount set up, maybe, okay. if it's the same house band always playing. But the fact that, that different acts come in there, some might have more of their own stuff than others. Some some are touring and have their own equipment they're bringing in. So uh, a lot of that stuff is brought out on the spot as needed. Yeah. It just seems to me, and again, I... I I'm going to openly admit I am equipment stupid and I am very equipment stupid. I can't even figure this shit out. I have Neely figure it out for me right. when, when, when we do this shit. But to me, it seems like even if they have everything set up and then you guys show up with your own equipment, seems to me like you would just unplug it from their equipment and plug it into your equipment <laughs> and not change anything on the board. No. Is that yeah, crazy? no. Every everything's things things definitely get changed. The amount of inputs needed for for each band. Um, okay. The best boards are the ones that are digital that 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 can they can save it. You know, please save right. that. whatever we just spent three hours, four hours. I've spent five hours before. Okay, this has Ugh. happened if you just five hours at a place so they can figure it out what their problem is, like ridiculous amounts of times. And of course, as you can imagine, the show wasn't probably that great either. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, we finally right. played. Oh, to, to go back to about festivals, mm -hmm. not only are they potentially union guys running the front of the house, but that guy's been doing sound for like 20 bands that day. Right. Do you think he cares whether the level of the stage left vocal is up where it yeah. needs to be? He, he does not. No, he just he he's just care. collecting his check at that point. That's right. You'll be lucky if you hear one guitar, maybe a snare drum, and the vocal coming through. That's probably about what you're going to get. 
<laughs> now you would think people, you know, would keep their job based on what the overall response is, or with videos of the events. You would think, yeah. wow, so why does it sound like shit? Who was running sound that night? You would think it would hurt them later, but at the same time, I mean, I think they're strained physically and their ears, and they're just kind of just ballpark and stuff, and not getting, not working too hard. And these are the bigger festivals I'm talking about. Jesus, um, but the the clubs, these are house people that they do hire that are working right. there. The same guys coming in every week. So that is annoying as hell, I have to say. It is just part of the job, though. Everybody that does what I do knows all about it, man. It I'm sure. Sucks your yeah. soul out a little more every show. Yeah, so <laughs> so when, when people come in and go, oh, that sounded like shit, don't blame the band. <laughs> in some cases, yeah, yeah. We're like, I couldn't hear you. Well, uh, I don't run the sound at the, yeah, the house. I played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, let's get back to the route to the Out of the Cellar album. Of okay. course, the next one has been played at every show you've ever played with Steven, Round and Round. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure. Has there ever been a Steven Piercy show without Round and Round? No, I don't think so. Um, and uh, with that one, the question is, will we play it fourth or will we play it last? Last, right. I, Steven, I know, has already said, I don't care. I'll play it fourth. But uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that. That would be kind of different. That's never happened because we've always played that last. That's always the close, yeah. But since we're doing that whole album, I mean, we're going to have to still play a couple songs after that. We're going to have to do the do like uh, Lay It Down and, and You're In Love. Maybe the, we could end with sure. something like that. Um play round yeah. fourth it's possible well you yeah. have to go go to find out there you go <laughs> all right next one i'm assuming is one of those that has not been played very often if ever in your direction right that one we have not played yet that that one we are going to play this week when we go to kentucky and okay. uh there's an ohio show and i i don't know why it's i don't know if it's a private gig or why it's not on steven's website but okay. we are having to go to Ohio after this. We have to have to drive, I think, from Kentucky to there. Uh, Where at? That, do you know what city? I don't. I, I'm trying to find out. I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in your direction, we, we are going to play for the first time on Friday. So hmm. I have to be tight on that. And it's everybody has to do their homework, I guess. Yeah. It's a good tune. Uh, yep. She wants money. Right. This is uh, one of the ones that he's having me, I guess, do the solo on. And okay. so I've gone over it. That's probably, I think Juan wrote this song, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's not very complex. It's pretty much like an old school kind of Elvis rock yeah. song. Fast and fun. Yeah, it's just kind she of fun. She wants money. She wants money. She. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like that tune. It's a good tune. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a fun song for sure. That was a sure. good uh, adjective there. Um, so we are doing that one. We haven't done it yet, but that's it's going to be played at the whiskey. I think that's the whiskey is where like the last two that we've never played will be played. Okay. Um, the morning after. Morning after we have been playing for like a good five shows now or six okay. shows. That one sounds great. Comfortable with it now. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Then this one gets every show, lack of communication. Sure. And then back for more, probably that gets every show, right? Right. Yep. And then um, I'm Insane, another great tune. We've played that the whole 22, 23 years I've been in the band. We've always played Really? That. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, now I'm thinking about it. You did play it when I saw you. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song, man. I'm insane. I'm yeah. insane. It's got a good gang vocal in it, too. I like We're that. all insane. Yeah. I love that part. You know. And then last but not least, Scene of the Crime. Scene of the Crime. So uh, this was a very cool song. Uh, that And again, I don't know. I guess I've heard part of it, but I, it was probably like the least familiar with okay. hearing uh, this one. But it, it actually, looking back, it was a really good song for them. Yeah. You know, it's a long like, song, too. It's long. one of the few that they have that's like they, Rat was always a three minute band in, yeah. out, and done. And this is like five minutes. You like, know, it's like they kind of like they extended it maybe because they needed to. It had to deliver for the contract a certain amount of minutes for that record, probably. And they're like, maybe because oh. it seems like it bounces back and forth. The arrangements interesting you know it's not a typical arrangement on that song and at the end it starts looping the parts in a in a weird way right to make it longer yeah it's one of steven's better vocals in his history to me because he he sounds a little different on that song too you know where most most of his and i mean i don't have to tell you you've obviously heard these songs a zillion times but most of his stuff has like that true raw grit to it like a i don't know how to explain it just a gritty sound but that's one of the very few songs where he has a very very clean vocal you know that i want to rock and you you let me roll you know that that part is very clean for him you know which is is cool i love it i i'm like i think that has to do with his uh the register that he's singing and the 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 note yeah uh, height there on the chart <laughs> like yeah it brings out a different part of his voice he has to kind of do his higher things a little more clean mm-hmm. the, lo- the mid-range and lower stuff he puts probably more grit into sure what do you think the hardest song for him doing these songs is now um well I th- there's two there that we we have not done yet. The She Wants Money and Scene of the Crime. I have right. not heard him try to sing them. And both are higher higher register songs. Yeah, those are. But again, you know, you know, Coogan's got a great high register. I I could surprise people with mine. Um, and Johnny's a great singer. Obviously, he was a singer in Enough's Enough. Sure. And there's no reason why we can't hit those things. And you would just it would just sound awesome. You'll hear it. You know what yeah. I mean? You'll definitely hear it if the guy has our vocals up. <laughs> yeah that's true too and if so, not it'll sound it'll sound scene of the crime <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've been caught at the scene of the crime <laughs> well dude one thing i did want to address before we get out of here today is still about that show but a lot of rumors going around about the about the rainbow and or the whiskey rather or the rainbow, so I guess not directly about that show, but okay. but um, a lot of rumors that that whole area might be being sold. Have you heard that? I I have not heard anything further than that's always kind of been on the table. I was always a concern, I think, in Hollywood for some years. Well, now but. now from what I heard, now that uh, the old man passed away, okay, and now that the kid is in charge. All right. He's got a huge offer on the table to right. to sell like the whole block. Wow. And it's like it's like that would go Rainbow would go away. I think Roxy 
If it's not already whiskey. gone, would be gone. Whiskey, all that would be gone. This could very well be the last, last hurrah for Steve. Are those them. venues like, uh, yeah, I think, well, that is a great point. This could very well, we could be seeing the last shows at the whiskey because, I mean, money talks. And I know yeah. there's some big money out there and they'll write a check as big as it has to be. You know, and, uh, and and the other piece to it, and I don't like to admit this, but I I have to admit it. I'm sure you will too. Rock isn't what it used to be. It ain't right. it ain't making the kind of money that, you know. There was a time that you go to the whiskey any single night and you were standing in line, right? You know, to get in. No, I'm thinking right now, and let me ask you this, Chris. Yeah. If say he he hold, he holds out for the biggest amount of money, it comes whatever it is. $50 million, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know what, yeah. what number, but uh, he takes that money and he builds the whiskey like four blocks down the road. I I think that would be cool. Why would he do that? Well, why, why would he, why wouldn't he? I don't know. Like, could you, you know, I mean, here, here's would here, anybody I, care that they had to go a block down. I don't think anybody would care. Down? I don't think that he'll do that though. I don't, I think the piece that that's now missing is the connection to the history. The right. dad was the connection to the history. He built it. These kids, and they're not kids, they're 35, 40 year old men, right. you know, but they don't have that connection. They're the only connection they have to it is that's where my dad worked. Mm -hmm. You know, I could go either way though. Cause I've seen young men have a lot of pride in their families, maybe pride that they wouldn't have later in life after seeing how this world really works. You know what I mean? Like, the first yeah. thing they might, they're the, the innocent young people, their first thoughts are more, you know, noble in some cases. So I yeah. wouldn't dismiss these guys. I, I, I'm not pretty. I, I don't know. On there. Yeah. You know? I, I, mean, I don't think either of us know. I know this, though. If that number is true, 50 million or more, which it might even be more, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But just saying it's 50 million, history be damned, man. I'm 45 yeah. years old with 50 right. million dollars. You know, right. I, I think I'm done. I think I'm taking that check and moving to Tahiti or somewhere to Belize, Maybe. you know. But, uh, you know, there is a, there is a, a, you know, as you said, certainly a historical connection to the Doors and Zeppelin and, and everybody playing this place in the 60s and all the mm -hmm. popular songwriters, singers from, from the era. Um, but you know, if the name it, it's to me, it's more tied to the name, the whiskey. Yeah, know, where it could get recreated. Like when you look at the House of Blues, it's the same place no matter where you go. It's mm -hmm. like set up the same way, and there's a certain level and aesthetic that you can expect to yeah. go there. And I think the whiskey has achieved that. Is it the same dilapidated place <laughs> that's yeah. been around since the '60s? Maybe they could spiff it up a little bit. Well, you know, maybe, but the question <laughs> is, who's going to fill it to make it profitable? I mean, they're not going to do right. it to lose money. They're not going to do it just so that they have a building with the name The Whiskey on the front. They're no. only going to do it if they think that they can make money with it. And, I mean... I don't think it's... I don't know how much it's... It's. I don't know how it's doing now, to be honest. Like, I yeah. think they've had to do so much over the years to, to keep it going. You know, going back to the pay-to-play move... Mm -hmm in the eighties and nineties. And then, you know, now though, there's some, there's definitely been a huge change in Hollywood in the last 10, 15 years of just the demographic there. Yeah. Like whatever the rockin' long haired 
whatever that has definitely been pushed out of there that's no longer so what is there now is it is it yuppie hipster shit or is it yeah i would rap or what a mixed a a mix of of hipster uh rap you know foreigners um you know which could be anything you know asia middle eastern um the 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 landscape has kind of just changed for a while ago is there enough people that would spend money to to go to the new whiskey because take us out of the equation we me and you we are we are not the people that they look at you got to look at 30 year olds 25 to 45 Mm -hmm. is there enough of those people that will spend money to go to the new whiskey to see i don't even know who dirty honey or bands like that definitely I mean, I think that like it's it's just achieved the the name and the the logo has just achieved a status that'll just stay with it. In my opinion, if they were to go ahead and and move it, which I don't see why they wouldn't, because you'd have that automatic yeah. chance of success just based on the history of it. But if it's got to move, it's got to move. You know what I mean? If the money's right, yeah. you know, and they're just a link in the chain. I'm sure. I mean, they probably yeah. own two or three places there on the strip but this is a bigger picture where they're making offers probably to multiple people i don't really know i'm totally talking on my butt right now <laughs> all this, just so you guys know i have no inside i mean i know jake like a, like a lot of people have i've known jake forever i don't talk to him about this or haven't yeah, asked yeah. him about it you know what i mean when i see him i'll probably ask him something when you know on the yeah. 29th and he'll be like, "Don't bother me. I'm counting my money." <laughs> so he, you know, I mean, since we're we're just talking out our butts, I'll continue. Yeah, to yeah. Do So, uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure he loves working there, he, or he he wouldn't. And he, sure, I'm sure he would work for it if it was moved as down the street in Hollywood somewhere or a different location. You would think it kind of has to be on the Sunset Strip, but that's a long ass street. Yeah. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be on the sun. Maybe, maybe the move. And again, we're we're both talking out our ass here. Neither of us right. knows anything. We don't. We really don't. Maybe the move is that you finally franchise it, which I can't believe they've never done in the first place. Yeah, I can't believe that, like the House of Blues, that there's not a whiskey Cleveland and a whiskey Chicago and a whiskey San Francisco or New York. Yeah. You would think that that would have found its way to happening, and it never did. It is weird. It, there's there's still room for it and then when you see how how long it survived from the 60s uh till today why wouldn't it continue to do that i mean young people you can't dismiss young people they they like good music too and they they like hearing all our old shit too they Mm -hmm. they actually do they actually love hearing these songs whether it's queen or you know whoever i got i was i was a kid pulled up the other day he couldn't have been more than 20 years old he was he had the bgs on <laughs> nice like <a> bgs <laughs> that's he was funny bla- he was blaring it that is I mean, funny <laughs> that's what was he listening to do you know the song was it jive talking or something <laughs> i think it was definitely uh something from um saturday night fever okay uh, soundtrack um i forgot the song off the top of my head right now but you know there is hope for them, you know, and I think that the the nostalgia factor is important to them too, right? Um, and I think they will continue. And and just as today, it's always an honor for for any genre band to play there. 
just you know just like a cbgb's and mm-hmm. you know new york it's the same status um and i think that'll be preserved through the yeah. future generations and if it gets like you said you know franchise that's the american way yeah you no know, there's well, the first mcdonald's now there's mcdonald's everywhere I don't yeah know. And, and you know the interesting thing too is that and i you know not just talking to you but i talk to a zillion bands a year they all say the same thing that they're surprised at how many younger people are at the shows right you know so you're right there are definitely people that are listening that are not you know that weren't teenagers in 1983 you know there's definitely people that are that are you know 20 years old now that know all the Aerosmith stuff and know all the rat stuff and know all the Motley yeah. stuff, you know? So I guess there is an audience for it. Maybe the audience just isn't collected like we were, right. you know, we were all just so focused on it that you were <laughs> either in that click or you weren't. And maybe we, just, point. maybe we just don't remember the people that weren't. I, I, I think about mm-hmm. that all the time. I, I always wonder if, because, you know, when I think back to when I was in high school, I was into hair metal stuff. I was into the Judas Priest and Ma- and Metallica. Like, I was into metal. But at the same time, I was also into the Romantics and Corey Hart and Prince and Mellencamp and everything else. So I had a lot of friends that were, like, only into certain things. I wonder if maybe... We just don't remember people that were only into metal or only into pop. If they don't remember the people that were into the other stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was, I remember there being clicks back in the day and Mm -hmm. every generation has it's like music that old people don't like or think sound good. And so that therefore the kids think it's cool. They're like, yeah, I like this. My parents hate it. Right. And uh, I think that's always kind of gone on. KRFK Radio has the best hard rock and metal on the planet. Featuring Joe Elliott, Def Leppard vocalist and host of the Joe Elliott Radio Show. Are you serious? Eddie Trunk, host of the biggest metal programs ever on radio and MTV. Charlie Kendall, creator and host of Metal Shop. For adults only. Dee Snyder. Twisted Sister vocalist and host of the House of Hair. Any questions? Ron Keel, the metal cowboy. Ron Keel band vocalist and host of Streets of Rock and Roll. And boss of this here outfit. L.A. Lloyd, host of the Rock Countdown. And here comes the best part. The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris Aiken. And Hairball John. Am I on the air? Together, they reach all, and I mean all, hard rock and heavy metal fans. And you can only find them all together here on KRFK Radio.